Hi everyone and welcome to Wholeness with Hannah, a podcast to remind you that your personal whole is the only goal. Feeling whole and aligned can mean totally different things to different people. Give yourself permission to love what you love, feel what you feel and believe that you deserve everything that you want just because you want it. Me and my guests discuss all things mental, physical, spiritual and financial health alongside tools, practices and concepts that can help to enhance the everyday experience of life. I can't promise that we won't go a little off topic at times because I warn you now, I'm a bit of a talker, but I hope this podcast leaves you a little more equipped than it found you. Nobody else is you and that is your power. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hello everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Wholeness with Hannah. This week I'm joined by James Oliver. James is a men's work coach, breathwork facilitator and founder of the online men's community One Brotherhood. He helps men explore and expand their sense of self and step into their fullest potential. Using a unique blend of coaching techniques and drawing on his own lived experiences, he helps his clients create lives of freedom, purpose and fulfilment. James describes his work as helping men rediscover who they were before the world got its hands on them. By going beneath the surface level and guiding men through what he calls the deep work, he helps them tackle the root cause of issues such as shame, low self-worth, self-sabotage and perfectionism in order to achieve radical growth, healing and transformation in all areas of their lives. Whether it's finding a deeply loving relationship, building a purpose-driven career or simply creating a life that feels more aligned with who we truly are, James believes that our external world is a direct reflection of our internal world. Starting with our relationship with ourselves, this is one of the most foundational principles that informs his work and allows him to help men all over the world find inner freedom and become self-led leaders in life, love and business. Now, if that isn't music to my ears, I don't know what is. So I'm really excited to welcome him on the pod today. Welcome to Wholeness with Hannah James. Thank you so much for having me. It's really, really lovely to be here. Yes, lovely to have you. So do you want to start by telling us a bit about yourself? I know I've given you quite a nice intro there. Yeah. But um, And then kind of how your business came about and we'll go from there. Um, yeah, so I guess a little bit about me. So yeah, I'm 33. I live in Bournemouth. Um, I, yeah, my, my coaching business is all about, as you said, yeah, helping men um, kind of be all of themselves. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot about I mean, there's so many conversations that are happening now. We're in the middle of November. As you can see, I've got this beautiful moustache on my face. Perfect time to record this. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I guess for the last 10 years or so, um, I've sort of originally went on a bit of a journey with my own Mm -hmm. mental health. That is usually the way it starts, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty... uh, Yeah, we suddenly realise that life's kind of fucking us up. And uh, (laughs) we sort of go, hang on a minute, what's going on? Yeah. Um, yeah, my journey with my own mental health started back in, I'd say I had like my first real kind of collapse breakdown, real kind of identity crisis, Mm. um, back in 2014. Um, I was in a relationship, my partner left me to go traveling, hit me like a ton of bricks, had no idea what was happening. So you were quite young then as well. Yeah, I would have been 24 at the time. Um, and over the coming, I'd say probably like over the next two or three years, like I was chronically depressed it just became something that I couldn't really escape from or figure out um I was doing a lot of work to try and figure it out change careers um you know left a corporate job went to I became a PT that helped a lot you know getting like into your body and 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 you know yeah like looking after it physically and the benefits of mental health um and yeah like that that was that was that stage in my life I definitely sort of learned a lot about myself during that process 
Um, but then in 2018, uh, one of my best friends unfortunately lost his life to suicide. Oh, I'm sorry. And uh, thank you. Yeah, he, um, Harry had been, we'd spent, I'm trying to think, it was like between the ages of like 25 and 28. Um, Harry and I were only friends for like three years. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a long time though. Yeah, that's yeah. He, he was someone who came into my life when I came back from, I'd lived in Australia for a couple of years and yeah, just like came into my life. A lot of our socializing was centered around at that point in my life was drinking, drugs, um, like that very much what is the culture for kind of guys in their mid twenties yeah. here. And um, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, he and I spent a lot of time together, um, like in those sorts of environments, but in the last kind of six to 12 months, he and I spent a lot of time together one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I'd been quite public and shared a lot about my own mental health journey. Um, he, from time to time would make comments, you know, like kind of just about like, oh, you know, the way you speak about things is really cool. Like I could never do that. But even in those environments where we were like hanging out, watching the football or going for a walk on the beach or whatever it was, I had no idea that he was struggling as much as he was. So when he lost his life, my attention suddenly shifted from, well, I've had my journey with my mental health and I'm still on that. But then it, the question started to be more broadly about, well, what's happening with, you know, you hear about the suicide rates within yeah. me, you know men and like what's going on there yeah. and i just got really curious so yeah that sort of started my like that line of inquiry and um yeah it's gone from kind of men's mental health to like the conversation around masculinity to um how men identify how men see themselves um and that's just kind of grown and developed into what i do now which i love yeah that's amazing so what do you, what are the main things you see with the men that come to you then? When uh, when you said about masculinity, do you mm. mean all this toxic masculinity that we have in society? Yeah, I mean, there's loads of words that we throw around yeah. um, around things like toxic masculinity. Um, and, and some people say toxic masculinity doesn't exist. And some people saying that, you know, like, that, you know, healthy masculinity does. So when we label it as toxic and, and all that sort of stuff, like, but I think one of the biggest problems that men face is that they think there's this idea of like, that masculinity is one thing yes so yeah there's this like kind of cardboard cutout or cookie cutter framework for like well this is what masculinity is um and so they try and shoehorn themselves or bend or contort or hide or yeah like fear exposing themselves mm. you know for well it could be fear of ridicule judgment um and do you mean about how men aren't supposed to show their feelings and things like that. Yeah, the emotions, creativity. Yeah. There's so much around um, the way that we are taught to, to quote unquote, be men or be male. Yeah. Um, and the way that, that I kind of generally tend to support men is that it's not about trying to be like a man. If you identify as a man, anything that you do is masculine. Yeah, you're a man. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> and you can be, you know, you can be soft, you can be gentle, you can be, I think there's also a, a thing where, you know, men are being encouraged to be more vulnerable, but that doesn't mean that they can't also still be strong or, you know, look after their bodies or, yeah. you know, enjoy being in the gym or playing contact sports or whatever. Um, it's more about being the full expression of what a man is. So it's, it's learning to identify and step back into and stop hiding the parts of yourself that you at some point throughout your life, whether it was, you know, in adolescence or most majority of it comes back to our childhood, yeah. um, is learning to reconnect with the parts that we have 
learned to feel ashamed of and kind of exiled and hidden within us mm-hmm. um and we build these masks and these defense mechanisms and things like that so um, which then end up we're not being our full authentic self right exactly yeah, yeah. authenticity is something that once you start digging into like you know if i've been working with a client sometimes it comes up in the first session sometimes it comes up you know a little bit into our work together um but men just want permission to be themselves and to feel safe doing that and unfortunately the way that men are taught to be within themselves but also how they're taught to socialize and be around each other it's all about it's it's basically the opposite of giving permission it's you're not allowed to be this you're not allowed to be that you shouldn't be doing this you shouldn't be doing that Mm -hmm. um and like should and shouldn't are the words of shame so you are shaming a man for being something that he is that he quote unquote shouldn't or should be so that's where a man a boy a teenage kid will learn ah well if i shouldn't be that there's something wrong with me and that is when we get into like the core wounds like the Mm, core emotional wounds that we carry and they exist for women as well they exist for anyone and everyone of of, of all all genders but the ones that men generally carry are around i shouldn't be like this i shouldn't have these emotions i shouldn't enjoy this do you see that comes from a lot of generational trauma big time yeah yeah absolutely um yeah that's 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 definitely an avenue that um when we get really into it and we get to yeah like where we learn yeah where we learn that parts of us there's something let's say like my one like one of the recurring things that i've worked through in over the last few years is uh this idea of there being something wrong with me so if i ever were to set an expectation of myself to whether it be in school achieve a certain grade or whether it be in a sporting you know uh context and try and like play i don't know win a game of football or Mm. play around a golf or whatever it is and i don't achieve that the internal monologue was or even if it's just procrastinating and I, you know i should be going to the gym and i haven't done that and then i beat myself up yeah, the language yeah. that comes through in my head is what the fuck is wrong with you yeah and those are the exact words like what the fuck it sounds like brutal yeah if and and i think it was probably only about 18 months ago that i realized um i heard those words as if someone else was actually saying them. Like I, I sat there and realized, I was like, if I if I was sat, I don't know, in a restaurant or a coffee shop and I looked over and I saw one person say that to another, if I saw those words, like if I heard those words with the venom and the anger and the animosity and the, the yeah, just the hurt yeah. that I speak to myself internally like, well, I would actually have to get up and step in and say, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are or what you're doing, but (laughs) you cannot speak to someone like that. And that was a real shift in a moment for me where I was like, why is it okay? To talk to yourself like that. For me to talk to myself in that way. Um, You wouldn't talk to a friend like that? No, well, I I think if I did, I'd I'd either not have a friend or there would be some sort of, you know, um, (laughs) I'd get something back. Like, exactly. So... Um, yeah that that stuff definitely comes up and and coming back to what you said about generational trauma yeah like we learn we learn those things um, about us not consciously and often it's not that we're directly taught that stuff we might be some people go through really adverse situations in childhood where parents can be abusive and they might Mm -hmm. say you know you don't deserve this or you're unlovable or you're just such a difficult child or whatever Um, but often more often than not and this is why so many people men have struggles with getting to the root cause of their problems is that it happens not as a result of what 
happened to us, but what didn't happen to us. Okay. So when we are generally like our foundations for things like how we perceive the world, how we relate to others, it's kind of the foundations are set by the ages of like six to eight. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't have a strong sense of self during that age. So what we do is we rely on those around us, yeah, our parents, like our caregivers. Yeah. Absolutely. And we, we kind of we're quite narcissistic as children yeah but i love that about children they're like i'm the best yeah love me we should be more like that as adults a hundred (laughs) percent and the word narcissism gets a bad rap but but in a very objective sense where we're not calling someone like a narcissist pig children are narcissistic they do make things about themselves so in a moment for example where let's just say for example um you know your dad comes home on a friday from a long week at work and you're really excited to see him because you know dad comes home at five o'clock on a friday yeah and he gets home from work and he's just, he's had a long, hard week and he is short tempered mm. or he's not present. And you go up to say hi or like excited to see him and he brushes you off. You know, he just runs through to the kitchen, wants to, I don't know, just sit down, rest or goes upstairs. Well, as a six year old, you don't have the level of self-awareness and the maturity and the perspective to go, wow, dad, dad looks like he's had a really hard week. Oh, I hope he's okay. Um, I'll just carry on playing with my toys or whatever I was doing. Then we make it about you. Yeah, the way that we interpret that, not consciously or without the level of, you know, we don't have that awareness, is we go, I must have done something wrong. There must be something wrong with me. Totally. I must have upset my dad. I'm not good enough. And we draw all of these conclusions. And unless we are nurtured and supported mm-hmm. with kind of proving that, that belief and, and not allowing that belief mm-hmm. to embed within us, well, that's where the foundations of like core wounds and challenging inner critic stuff, like that's where that stuff comes from. So, yeah, I find all this so interesting. We, one of my, the first uh, guest I ever had on this podcast was a hypnotherapist and rapid transformational therapist. Nice. And I've worked with her and she took me, put me into hypnosis. We went back into my subconscious. About, RTT is yeah, pretty, pretty it, oh uh, intense. It's yeah. amazing. But one of the first things that came up, well, the core belief was when I was eight years old wow. and I was in the school playground mm. and I had, someone had said something to me and it had obviously I didn't even know but it had created this belief for me for my entire life that had been playing out in various ways that I was unaware of wow and now I've done that I'm like if I hadn't have had this what would have happened there are obviously other ways you can get through it and you can you can do the deep you can do journaling and things like that it just Absolutely. might have taken a bit longer yeah. but I'm so into how we hold stuff in our subconscious now and mm-hmm. kind of how we build all these beliefs and I think it's just it's it's such important work yeah it really is and as you said like so often we can't join the dots up between how we're feeling right now and the struggles we're having in our lives. Um, Like a lot of the men that I work with have, there are a lot of like very high achieving men. They kind of type A personality, Mm -hmm. like competitive driven. They've, you know, maybe they've gone and ticked all the boxes of what they were told life should have been giving them. And they've got, absolutely, they've got the career. Maybe they've got married. Maybe they've got uh, a nice car or like the material stuff's there, but but not even the material. Like they, they might have, a great partnership mm. they might have a loving you know wife or partner and there's just something missing and they don't know what it is yes. and when you have followed the blueprint of how you were told life should be and do what you hear the word should um what you should be doing to make you happy and fulfilled and it's not getting there that moment where you're like oh fuck I, I, it's not it's not working like I, I and I don't know what it is. Like there's a real panic and a real sense of what do I do? I and I, and I don't know how to solve it. And that mm-hmm. can be really, really scary, especially if you're someone who has always 
achieved, um, progressed in their career, gone out and got what you want. Like you're used to getting the results that you want. And then it can be like, hang on a minute. I've been following this blueprint for however many years of my entire life. And it's a bit of a, a bit of a lie. Like I haven't actually been equipped to understand who I am, what I'm about, like to love myself and to how to actually build a life that is meaningful and fulfilling and aligned with whether it be my values or the Mm -hmm. things that I enjoy because um, they haven't actually stopped to think about what their values are as, as well sometimes the number of times I ask someone like I've asked I mean just people in conversation on podcasts yeah. or you know potential clients I'm like what's your value system like what what are your values and it's almost like they go, uh, yeah. uh, um, and and sometimes they'll they'll try and figure it out but yeah. the, the reality is that they don't know um, because they were never taught to figure them out mm-hmm. and so their entire world is based on what the external totally. tells them. Again, the whole like what you should be, what you shouldn't be. I kind of call it the I'll be happy when. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, I'll be happy when I'm married. I'll be happy mm. when I get promoted. I'll be happy when I lose weight. Absolutely, you won't be happy yeah. when you have anything unless you're happy inside. Yeah, and look, like that that is absolutely it, right? And then it's just a case of, okay, but how do I find internal happiness yeah. if I was never taught how to cultivate that? And that's ultimately where the work kind of lies. Yeah, which is so hard and so scary and yeah. overwhelming and all the things. But one thing is so worth it. Absolutely. So 100%. worth it. 100%. So do you get guys come to you at this point usually? They reach out to you. Like, How do you kind of, what's your marketing? Like, how do you get these? Because obviously men have got to feel ready mm. to do this, right? I feel like, is that one of the main things you've got to be ready to go in and deep? Yeah. And then... Do they kind of approach you? It's yeah, it's a really interesting question. Like mm. I I mean I've I've been doing this for like full time for about just a year. Okay. I think the first of November was when I left my last my my, my, my like corporate role and right, decided okay. like I'm 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 out, I'm done. Um so the marketing side of things has been really interesting and challenging for me mm. because I'm someone who, you know, have over the last three years I have gone through things in my personal life that actually informed so much of the work that I do and I thought that they were all unique to me yeah. it was things like dealing with um, a toxic relationship with a parent that even though for example you know my dad uh, he was someone who has always been there he's always been present always tried really hard but despite all of that has really caused me so much emotional turmoil and pain and I walked away from that relationship on my 30th birthday so three three and a half oh, years ago okay. um we reconnected last year, but as a result of a lot of the, the, the work that I did on myself to understand myself in in the absence of that relationship. Um, I have, yeah, gone through breakups. I've gone through um, challenges with things like my like understanding my sexuality and exploring that and, and getting to grips with what my sexual expression looks like. Um, I've gone through trying to figure out things like non-monogamous relationships and so many different aspects of life that you don't really get to talk about in your Mm. marketing but it's really interesting that when men come to me and they're like i don't know what i need but i need something we get stuck into it and it's yeah actually i'm i'm trapped by the like the powerlessness i feel and i think that comes from my relationship with my dad and my upbringing or i'm in an unfulfilled relationship and actually i want to explore more about who i am sexually or intimately or whatever um so the marketing side of things is you have to kind of speak to men like where they're at and generally it's just they they don't know where they're at but they need something Mm -hmm. um the guys who i generally tend to like start working with in like a one-to-one capacity they've done like a little bit of their work they've probably been in therapy a little bit and they've started to look inwards and start 
seeing the benefits of that process. Mm -hmm. They might have found things like breath work. They mm -hmm. might have found, um, you know, like, yeah, like, who knows, like well-being yeah. retreats and uh -huh. stuff like that. Um, They're kind of wanting to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, my challenge is that I want to help all men. Yeah. But they have to come to you when they're ready. So yeah, it's very agreed. much just about not forcing continuing to put content out there that hopefully might land um, yeah. and might speak to them. And I get a lot of like wives or partners or girlfriends that yeah. are just like, how can I get my partner to work with you? Or like, yeah. I know someone who would love to work with you. Or my brother would really benefit from working with you. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still like, how do I get those guys to work with me? <laughs> like, But do you say then well, they have to be the ones that kind of want to, are ready to do it and want to do it? That's absolutely it. Yeah, and and that, that is one of the biggest challenges because, um, in a binary sense, if we're looking just at men and women, um, women have a kind of like a prerequisite and, and kind of like, I guess just within the way they're raised, like they're more encouraged and it's safer for them to be emotionally curious. Mm. Um, men are so much more disconnected and shamefully like shut off from their emotions yeah. that the idea of looking back at their past and figuring out who they are and stuff like that yeah. is just the biggest monster in the room. Like and exhausting. Yeah, it's, 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 it's frightening. Like it's too scary. So yeah. it's being able to bridge that gap and, and generally that's just, it, yeah, take your time, figure it out. And like, do you think that they need, in terms of capacity, space and time, so say you're someone that's like super busy, full-time job, mm. always going through life on autopilot. Yep. Do you think for someone to do this work, they need to have a bit of time off? Or like, what do you think is... Yeah, that's a good question. Um, people do it around their like busy lives and jobs. Yeah, I think it can be a real challenge to mm. start questioning who you are when there's so much in your life has been built on a version of yourself that feels inauthentic. Yeah, like that's your identity that you know. Exactly. And yeah, you know, sometimes the work with my clients is actually just sitting down and helping them prioritize. Like they want they want their inner narrative and their feelings to change. They want to feel more fulfilled. Mm. They want to feel happier within themselves. They want to understand themselves better. Um, they want to feel happier. But they struggle to prioritize things like you know, maybe like booking a client session or like making time to journal in the mornings or whatever yeah, the practice yeah. is. So that can be a Do you get a lot of people say, I haven't got time. I haven't got time to journal in the morning. Yeah. Or are they kind of past that stage when they get to you? Yeah, you. Uh, that's a good question. Mm. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah, sometimes you've got guys who are, and I guess like lovingly and compassionately, you can generally if you sit and unpack their approach to how they see their own lives and their you know their their plans and the structure of their day you can often see that they are just so blinkered as to how like most of their life is so much on autopilot they can't spot the the things that they are choosing to do yeah. that is that is not serving them they are continuing to prioritize things that they that are causing them harm they're, they're struggling to find space for themselves in a world where they put everyone else before them and they don't realize that they can stop that yeah it does involve learning how to do things like set boundaries and say no to people and yeah. you know that is something that a lot of people in general but men really really struggle to do because throughout our lives men men's value is the way it's taught in our society is that it's inherently linked to how we serve and provide and help and support others. It's the doing, isn't it? Not the being. Absolutely. So when we're doing for others and that we're told that that's how you're meant to be doing things, that's how you provide, that's how you serve, that's how you show up, to feel like you then have to suddenly start saying no to things, people, mm. um, that can feel so, there's so much discomfort and fear in that. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't know how to. 
Um, but then I really believe that, and one of the whole things of this podcast is you have to fill up your own cup first. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you cannot, you're, you're not going to be of any use to other people unless you're good in yourself and you've, you're, you're kind of your full. Yeah, That's I see. kind it. of what you're saying, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. If you can imagine like, um, yeah, if you can imagine like, uh, I don't know, just like a, like a bunch of building blocks, like mm. the one at the, if, you, if you're the one at the bottom, um, well, how much weight is on top of you? You've yeah. got, you've got to provide all of you know the support for everything above you whether it's career family children mm-hmm. uh so you know social life like community whatever whatever responsibilities you have whereas if you put yourself at the top gravity like everything's below you like i guess it's like walking up a hill or walking down mm-hmm. you'd rather start at the top than at the bottom yeah um so learning to prioritize yourself can feel really counterintuitive and you can have so much resistance yeah but if you are as you say like operating from a full cup then that actually allows you to serve, provide support um, with just so much more value. Yeah, totally. And one thing, like, I know I'm not a man, but as you said, females experience it too. One thing I've really worked on this year is boundaries Mm. because as much as I've always been independent and done what I wanted to do, I realized as I was kind of having a bit of therapy this year that I was a massive people pleaser. Yes. But I didn't even know I was doing it because from the outside, people are like, yeah, but you do what you want. I'm like, I do. But there's also this element that I knew I was doing of like not saying no or bending over backwards to make it work because they can make it work at that time. Mm, like just little yep. things like that. And I'll be like, oh, well, I'll sacrifice what I was going to do to make it work for you. Sure. And now I've set boundaries and, and I've had I've done all the work and stuff. I feel it now. I feel myself going, oh, old Hannah would have been like, yeah, that's fine. I'll do that. And then new Hannah is like, no, that doesn't work for me, actually. Or I just need a day to myself and I'm not going to mm. come. Yeah, and I, it, I, yeah, I still struggle with it myself. Mm. Like that's that's definitely one of my things. Like saying that I will do something for someone and over promising yeah. because I want to please them. Yeah, and I want to do the thing for them and I want to get them. Yep. I don't know. I want to send them the th- send them the email or mm-hmm. pop, send them the information or do the thing, but I haven't actually taken time to consider how long will that task actually take me. Mm. And how's it gonna make you feel? And how's it gonna make me? Yeah. yeah. So I'll I'll say yeah I'll send that to you later today and then when I don't I'm like oh great I've let that person down. Yeah, and like I've realised now, like you know, part of my purpose I think is to be of service to others, but not at the expense of myself. Love That's that. kind of where I'm at. That's my my life mission now. Absolutely, be of service that. to others, but not at the expense of myself. Yeah. But on that, then, can we talk a bit about self sabotage? Because I think this Let's is go. something that I mean, we all struggle with at some point. But kind of yes. from the from the male perspective, then, because like, I imagine you see a lot of that. Yes. And do people even know that? I guess people don't even know they're doing it. So, can you tell mm. us a bit about self sabotage and what you see? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, like whether it's in a job or a relationship or whatever. yeah, I re- I recorded a little bit of content on this um, literally this morning. Um, oh, generally, you were, you were up early this morning. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the things about self sabotage is that if there's any behaviours that we as human beings or specifically as men are doing that is self-sabotaging generally our relationship with that behavior is that we are we judge it we dislike it within ourselves we shame it we we, we speak unkindly about it we 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 hate it we're like mm. i fucking hate that i do that i can't stand i don't understand why i do it and when we think or feel or direct that energy towards that behavior what we're doing is we're holding it at arm's length and saying, I don't want to own this behavior. Mm. I don't want it. I want to get rid of it. But you're pushing it away. So the kind of, I guess the approach to dealing with self-sabotage is understanding that 
like one of the main parts within the work that I do with clients is based on this concept of no bad parts. So mm. there are no bad parts within us. Okay. So even the parts of us that we feel are bad or that don't serve us or are causing us harm, when you dig down into like root cause and like mm. what, what's really going on there is that that self-sabotaging behavior, whether it's procrastinating and not going to the gym, snoozing the alarm in the morning, but mm. all the way up to, you know, the things that we probably would really, really judge within ourselves. It could be cheating on a partner. It could be uh, drinking or, you mm. know, gambling or like whatever, is that that behavior is actually in some way at its root cause trying to either protect us, keep us safe or help us. So learning to go through this process of, first of all, letting go of the judgment, letting go of the like the aggression, like all the hatred mm. towards that behavior and pulling it a little bit closer. And this is just going through a process called unshaming. So we're unshaming that behavior. Um, and to do that, we need to learn how to cultivate a sense of curiosity mm. and compassion and ask ourselves like, okay, first of all, what's going on with this behavior? Like there's a, there's a beautiful um, question that I can't remember when I, when I first heard it or whether I came up with it myself. I don't, I'm going to probably claim something that isn't mine here, but mm. um, the idea of this question of what suffering am I not seeing? So if we ask ourselves that question about these behaviors that we're doing, so whether mm. it is, like I say, look, I had a, in fact, I'd say my best example of, of this process and understanding a part of me that I, for months on end, was I was self-sabotaging with like getting up in the morning mm. before the podcast, you and I were talking about how I mm. get up at stupid o'clock. Yeah. I usually I'm up at like 4.45 in the morning, uh -huh. up in a cold shower, like I'm one of those, one of those people. Um, it was literally earlier this year, maybe around like January, mm. January, February, I had been trying to like be the morning person mm. for months and every morning every you know the night before set my alarm i'd come up with my little like routine like get up like meditate breath work movement all the things and every morning for for weeks and months on end i'd wake up the alarm would go off i'd snooze and turn it off ah that's right i'll do it tomorrow and every time i did it i'd judge myself yeah you feel like oh, i just be like what the, what the mm. fuck are you doing mm. like why are you doing this like can you like yep, the, yep, yep. The, the aggression in that that mm. like the tone there like why are you doing this and all of a sudden like one morning i did it i woke up but i asked myself that question in a very very different way i said right what's going on here like let's mm. let's let's actually just Bit compassion and i was like why are you doing this and the weirdest thing happened it was almost like that part of me I started having an internal dialogue. It literally started speaking back to me. And the words that came through were, when I actually said, like, why do you do this? Like, yeah. why are you doing that? And it said, I'm trying to protect you. I'm, try I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to stop you from, and I was like, what is it? Like, okay, you're trying to protect me from what? And. Because that's what our brain's ultimately trying to do at all times, right? Absolutely. And it said to me, I'm trying to stop you from, I think the words were like, people laughing at you and yeah. i was like okay what do you mean and again, again it was all curious it was all giving this part of me space to to speak and, and express itself so that i could understand it and when i got to the bottom of it it basically was scared that this part of me had learned that the people who get up in the morning and are really productive and you know look after themselves and treat themselves well or whatever it is um those people think they're better than other people so if you start doing that there's going to be a bunch of people out there mm that think you think you're better than them. 
Wow. So that's why I don't let you get up in the morning. That's why I, I call it the my, it was my negotiator. I negotiated yeah, yeah, yeah. with myself every morning and talked myself out of doing it. And I was like, wow, that makes sense. And I just lovingly and reassuringly said to it, you know, it's okay if you, like, it's okay to be a productive person in the morning. It's yeah. okay to, to get up early and yeah, have a cold shower and meditate and read and, and, and journal a little bit. Like, mm. that's all for you, mate. Like, there's yeah. that's there's no if other people have got a problem with that like that's with love them. that's on them and mm. and that's not your problem so it's okay and we can do that the next morning i woke up at 4:45 on the dot didn't even snooze and that like all year bar like you know some periods where i actually chose to just like yeah. be a bit more relaxed yeah 4:45 every morning so you just needed that switch just un- you needed to I, have I, that conversation with I yourself i unshamed the behavior i got curious i listened to it and that's kind of within the framework of how I help clients, it's all about like something called parts work, that we have these multiple parts. Yeah. And when they are in conflict internally inside us, well, we need to resolve that conflict. And for the most part, we don't do that by continuing to criticize and judge and shame and abuse ourselves. So it's just kind of flipping that narrative. Yeah, it's like a bit of inner child stuff as well, isn't it? It all comes from, yeah. you know, your I mean, childhood upbringing. Yeah, like it wasn't a 33-year-old, exactly. you know, James exactly. inside of me that feared that judgment. Yeah. It was... Like if I was to close my eyes, try and connect with that part, that voice, feel it, find it in my body. If I were to say, how old do you think I am? It would say 15. Yeah, exactly. So it's something, and, and I could probably then, I could if I worked a bit harder, I could get to the exact moment where I learned that. It's like 14, yeah. 15. Yeah. So that's, and I'm just like, it's okay. Like we're not 14, 15. We're not at risk yeah. of that like childhood like schoolyard like embarrassment like and you don't realize you have that because i've done a lot of this through mm. the rtt stuff and it takes you back to the the age you were yes and that part and at first i was a bit like what do you mean that part's still in me i'm like i'm like 33 now blah, yeah. blah blah but then you're like no no it is and then you connect with it and you let it go mm. and that's been so rewarding for me because i feel like that is actually the process of letting it go but you have first have to know it's there yeah you can't <laughs> yeah you can't let something go before you've let it in yeah exactly. and uh and that's the scary bit sitting and opening the doors and being like okay come in so i can go let it in to let it out yeah also try telling a let's just say a 35 year old married man with a wife and child that there's a little boy inside of him or there's multiple little boys inside of him and there's teenage boys inside of him and that they all have wounds and they all have beliefs and they all still impact their lives like yeah telling or getting men into inner child work is understand but you talk about like marketing earlier right yeah <laughs> um, like how do you market in a child work yeah. um but ultimately that's that's the work that we do and we learn to um i had a i had a beautiful session with a client yesterday it was our last session after working together for six months oh, wow. and we ended it with uh, a visualization like we did some breath work kind of closed his eyes grounded down and we ended that breath work session with like a 10 minute visualization and and in the visualization, I guided him to, I think he was like walking through a forest or something like that. And then all of a sudden, a younger version of himself appeared. I didn't tell him what age it was, just said, it will it will appear to you. Um, and the age was 15. And he had something to, I said, he's got something that he wants to share with you. And he shared it. And then as we were carrying on, I actually said to him that if you someone tapped him on the shoulder and it was him in 40 years. And yeah. he had something to say. And they both said the same thing to him. And it was, I'm proud of you. Hmm. And as he heard those words, he got really, really emotional. Yeah, I bet. And he said, I had no idea how much I needed to hear those words. Yeah. And the reality is, is that when you understand where that comes from, it's the fact that he never heard it. Yeah. And so as a high achieving, needed. really successful, driven, you know, 
hybrid athlete, coach, career guy, entrepreneur, who's really successful in all of these ways. So much of how he'd lived his life was a desire to prove that he was good enough. And it served him in so many ways. But to hear that from the 15-year-old version of himself and to hear that from the 64-year-old version of himself, to say, I'm proud of you. Yeah. It gave him permission to be proud of himself. Totally. And then he doesn't need to hear that from, you know, the dad who never gave it to him or yeah. like the, you know, whatever it is. And whatever do you see a lot that some people don't know how to receive love? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. From, even from themselves or another person. And they that's why they push someone away. Yep. That's self-sabotage. Yeah, that that's where self so much. And, and that's why, you know, when we come to unshaming the behavior of things like um, leaving relationships or cheating in relationships, not that that doesn't cause devastating harm. And, and yep. it's not to bypass the impact because that's really important. Um, but we need to hold space for if Where we want to change from. the behavior mm. fully, we need to be able to hold space for the impact of it, which, you know, if someone cheats on you like that's that's awful and that really hurts. But if that person is cheating, that like root cause, they are also suffering, yeah. even if they pretend like they're not, even if they mask it, even if they come across as, I don't know, emotionally disconnected or just like cocky and arrogant and they don't care. Deep down, they do. And they we all want love and intimacy and safety and connection. And they don't know how to receive it so they they sabotage it yeah i actually what book was it i was it was i think it was denise duffel thomas get rich lucky bitch book but um <laughs> she <laughs> she gave an example of these men in hollywood that cheat on their wonderful beautiful wives and girlfriends yeah. and it's it's nothing to do with the wife or the girlfriend it's how they feel about themselves mm -hmm. and they don't think they're worthy of this amazing partner mm -hmm. kind of things like that yeah and or they yeah and, and that's the deep down stuff a lot of them are chasing um you're like clout or validation amongst like the boys because totally. they're told you know there's there's yeah there's a lot to be said for for, for that side of things but but again are those yeah. are, do those men have a, a value system are they sure of who yeah. they are do they know how to the reality is if they're around friends that that hold those things as as their values they won't be aligned with who they're you know the, the love and the connection the safety and the intimacy that deep because down we all you need surround yourself with as well isn't it that kind of build on your values and, and what, you, what you're about yeah we're some of the was it the we're some of the five people that we spend yeah. most of our time with yeah. and um yeah we should all think about that a bit more actually i feel like that's mm. an important one yes i like protect that. your energy as well absolutely sucking it away from you <laughs> <laughs> um okay great so you're coaching business then do you have a set thing you take people through or is it very does it depend on them their situation and what they're going through that's just really, thinking if anyone's yeah. listening thinking oh this that's sounds a, good but yeah it's a really good question so and coming back to the whole marketing question mm. it's definitely something that i've struggled with because yeah i have a, i have a coaching program mm. um it's four months uh four months work but it's it's kind of open-ended like if we need to work together a little bit longer mm -hmm. there is no set structure once you're in it cool. um but there are some guiding principles and things that we'll work through um in order to at the by the end of working together you will have whether it's let go of the thing that you were struggling to let go of you've got unstuck from that position that you felt really stuck in um, and you've dramatically transformed in the way that you see yourself and feel about yourself. And a lot of it is really hard because when yeah. you start to love yourself and, and figure yourself out, you then become incredibly attuned to the environments and the people in your life that actually don't value you growing and becoming who you are. Like, yeah. not that they're maliciously doing it, but they're attached to the version of you that makes them feel safe. And that yeah. might be the low self-esteem, the low self-worth, the self-saboteur the people pleaser totally. so yeah that can be really so you hard. might lose some people out of your life basically yeah but you know the ones the who best. absolutely and the ones who are meant to stick around will oh, oh that's lovely so you must you have lots of lovely success stories at the end are you like this is why i do this yeah yeah i'm really 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 blessed to um 
to have some amazing the guys that i work with are absolutely incredible i mean from all walks of life like i say that i, I work with like high achieving like introspective men like they, they there is a level of self-awareness there there's a desire to understand themselves but there's just something missing there's a lack of fulfillment um but i've worked with you know barristers corporate accountants um are you open to athletes. anyone really yeah absolutely mm. um but yeah i say it's it, yeah it really is a case of like yeah there's no one size fits all yeah. approach it isn't like start here this session is this this session is this it's it's always bespoke and tailored and like matched yeah, that's to just nice. their kind journey. of has to be i guess doesn't it yeah absolutely so do you have any are you got anything upcoming any events or you yeah to... absolutely so um so within the men's community that i i run one brotherhood um mm -hmm. we are running a november campaign this month um we're doing all sorts of like silly selfie challenges just like taking stupid pictures of mustaches in the gym and mm -hmm. in ice baths and all that stuff um we also have an event um, running in London in Fulham on the 18th okay. so we're collaborating with the guys at One London the gym okay. um, and we're running uh, an event called Men's Workout so it's it's kind of a mixture of the physical fitness and the like the mental and emotional well-being mm -hmm. so it'll be like a team-based workout uh, run by Jake one of the, the, the heads of community there okay. um, and then me and my partner uh, business partner Phil will be running through like a guided men's sharing circle um, and just getting men to yeah like tap into their truth and share and be vulnerable in front of each other all of that all of that good stuff so um yeah if you're curious if you're london based and you yeah, yeah there's there's still a few spots available hopefully you know by the time this comes out um but we yeah if it goes well we'll look to look to run those quite regularly so amazing well i've loved this chat thank you so much it's you're been so very welcome. insightful and I'm, I'm sure it will help a lot of people so then just to round up can i ask you please what is one of your favorite quotes Oh my god! Yeah, you asked me to do this. Can I? Um, can I grab my phone? Because I did. You, I prepped. But you I've can. Forgotten. You can. You can. Um, actually, no. I know this one. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So one of my favourite quotes is, "You can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you." And okay. when you when you hear it, you're like, "What?" You can't change the people around you. You can change. Oh yeah, I think I get it. So you can't change the people that are around you. You can't change. No, like, they've you got can't to change. That. They've got to change mm. themselves. But you can change the people who are around you. You can go, I think the, the, the beautiful phrase is, go where you're seen, go where you're safe, go where you're celebrated. Yeah, lovely. And that can be a scary thing, but it can be a really empowering thing to know that you are, you, there are spaces for you to go and be your authentic Yourself, self. Yeah. It's often our environments that don't give us permission. Yeah. Um, particularly as men, things like friendship circles, if they're based on like, yeah, like emotional suppression and banter yeah, and taking the piss out, out of each other. Like, and... What I always think about lots of men is their social time together mm. is drinking. Yep. Or not not everyone or watching sport. And that's all fine. Mm -hmm. But like I used to, like some of my friends say, oh, their partner will go out and they'll come back and they'll be like, oh, how is blah, blah? You know, I don't know, maybe he went for a breakup. How's he doing? Oh, I don't know. We didn't talk about that. And yeah. it's like, there's not necessarily always that space to say how you're actually feeling to your mates. You're just a bit like, yeah, yeah, we watched the football or we went for a drink and yeah, everything's good. But yeah, you know, around, had a laugh, yeah. took us out of each other a little yeah. bit. I'm a firm just, believer that, that like, if you think, um, if I reflect on my friendships and, and the way that we used to socialize and as I say, I've, I've, I don't really, you know, drink much anymore. Um, not same. again, not, not mm. to shame anyone who drinks. No, same. Yeah. I, I can still really enjoy drinking and getting pissed, but yep. I have realized that I will enjoy it when I'm surrounded by people that I feel safe being myself around. Yeah. A lot of the times we self abandon and we drink to make ourselves yes. fit in and be around people. Um, 
but there's a lot to be said for um and, and, and anyone who's ever you know i guess the way that we socialize anyone who's ever drunk um you know done drugs recreationally like that sort of thing like there's a lot to be said for the like the 3 a.m chat around a kitchen table mm. right so usually if you've gone like on a night out or if you've you know drunk with your friends and you're drinking at someone's flat or you've been to bars and you carry on the night you bring it back home and carry it on a little bit further there's this kind of beautiful moment where everyone's a bit pissed and everyone's a bit like if they as i say if they've been on the session and they you know have, have been taking yeah. coke or whatever they've been doing um that it gets to a point in the night where everyone starts to be vulnerable around each other yeah but it's only become it's only once they've become so inebriated yeah. and they've really like they've lost their inhibitions and they feel like they can be vulnerable that the truth comes out totally. obviously it becomes <clears throat> It might come out in a slightly slurred way or, you know, in, in a way that's affected by what they've taken that night. Um, but that's often the reason why deep down we pursue those behaviors and we, we go through and we drink. It makes so much sense. Yeah. So we're, we, again, we're kind you're, of you're we're, waiting for the prayer. <laughs> we're unshaming that behavior of drinking and drugs and yeah. stuff like that. Right. Um, there's obviously a lot of other reasons why people and men do that. Um, but that's a lot to do with like the men's work and, mm -hmm. and the like the men's sharing circles is learning to facilitate those environments um, without the need yeah. to you know, drink space, or yeah. things like that. So, Lovely. So thanks. We went on a bit of a tangent there, but I loved it. Um, <laughs> okay. And a book, do you, a book recommendation. So the book recommendation is No Bad Parts. And that is by a, uh, a man called Dr. Richard Schwartz or Dick Schwartz. Okay. Um, he is the founder of the IFS, Internal Family Systems Framework. Um, it's a therapeutic modality, but it's beyond that. It's just an incredible incredible way of seeing who we are as people um it informs a lot of the work that i do with my clients mm -hmm. um the idea that as i said there are no bad parts within us yeah, and if lovely. we can learn to understand ourselves in that way we often see ourselves as one person that gets pulled and pushed and distorted mm. and bent out of shape and you know depending on the environment and the people that we're around and the things that we're doing but if we can understand that we actually have multiple personalities within us and there are parts that come to the fore if we you know, need to, I don't know, protect ourselves yeah. or if we get fearful or if we're scared at being embarrassed, like a different, but like we often shame ourselves for feeling like we shape shift or become chameleons. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, like no bad parts would, would, if you want to understand yourself in a way that makes you go, oh fuck, I never thought about <laughs> it like that. Um, it's an incredible framework and a really, it's a short, easy book to read. Like it's, oh, like, good, okay. it's like 189 pages. Okay. So yeah, it's a good one to get stuck cool, into. Cool, we'll definitely link that in the show notes. Mm. And then finally, a piece of life advice you'd give your younger self. Oh, um, question everything. Question everything. Okay. Question absolutely everything. Um, and be careful not to attach to yeah be careful not to attach to anything um around your identity too much like be willing to grow and challenge yes, and I question agree. um because when you get too attached that's where you become stuck yeah. and then you don't give yourself permission to grow and transform and and yeah like evolve and expand so yeah that would that would probably be it yeah i love that that's great where can the listeners find you uh best thing would be um instagram um james oliver underscore men's coach or um yeah my website which is just jamesoliver.co.co okay wicked thank you so much love chatting to you today. thank you it's been amazing thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of wholeness with hannah i hope you found it insightful and uplifting and my one wish is that it's left you a little more equipped than it found you 
Shout out to my amazing guests and my wonderful producer, Mariana. If you could subscribe, rate and review, I'd love you forever because it really helps the podcast or share with a friend if you think it will help them. You can also follow the pod on Insta at Wholeness with Hannah. Thanks and see you next episode.